Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, greetings, greetings. Hello, 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 and Happy New Year. Um, Happy New Year. Uh, it's not the new year, but the new year is right around the corner. So Happy New Year to all the listeners and to all the uh, everyone that listens to the show and shares the show and, um, you know, think that, you know, my little two cents is worth uh, paying attention to. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, I'm real excited because um, I'm looking forward to 2018, and I, I just have a good positive feeling, and um, that's based off of my affirmations of seeing the sisterhood unity that I have so longed to see uh, in black women. Uh, my spirit tells me that change is only going to come when black women unify and accept a collective sisterhood. Um, so many uh, oppressive things and negative things and and um, horrible things that we hear about and read about and learn about that happens to our people uh, can be solved with a little unity. And I just feel, you know, I'm loving sisters stepping up to the plate. Um, you know, they're speaking truth to power. Uh, they're using their, their, their positions to, to render justice. Um, I never liked it, the um, the whole symbolism of blinding justice, because I do believe that black women, we are justice. So when you have this ritual where you have this statue of justice with a blindfold on, I think it's, um, I think it's a very detrimental uh, ritual that um, is, is used to make sure that we don't do our jobs as lady justice. You know, we are here to make sure justice rules and reigns but when you put a blindfold over her eyes, what you're saying is we don't want any justice. We don't want justice in the courthouse. We don't want justice in the White House. We don't want justice in the uh, in any house. And so I think these statues of the blindfolded justice have to go. And um, I just hope, you know, all sisters can um, get on one accord that all the stat- statues of justice being blind, they have to go. You should not want to work in a building where they have justice blindfolded. It is time for justice to take off her blindfold and see everything and begin to judge justly. And I think it's only going to happen once the black woman steps up and owns her place and her power in this country. Okay? So, And I feel that change taking place, and that is my uh, true prayer. Uh, I greet the sisterhood, peace, protection, and blessings uh, to all the sisterhood uh, and prosperity and most of all wisdom to those we love. You know, I always try to open up with something very positive. But once again, I'm doing part two on the show that speaks on generational usurpation of black Americans' political and economic uh, advocacy, part two. Um, we have to realize that black people, we're the only group of people who have not got reparations. Um, the problem is is that we have been getting reparations. The reparations have been going to the wrong blacks. And that's how the usurper, the oppressor, has been getting away with what they've been getting away with. They have been doling out reparations. Hear me clearly. They have been doling out reparations, but they have been doling the reparations out to the blacks that they favor, which are the Boule and the Greek. And the Boule blacks and the Greek blacks, 
they are put in positions to keep the same capitalistic system in place that was in place during chattel slavery. Trust me, people, slavery is very much still in place. So the reparations are going to the wrong blacks, and it is not going to blacks as a collective. Now, if we want to see this this change, and we should, because it is time for all blacks who have been persecuted, who have been oppressed, who have been maligned, who have been falsely accused, who uh, who have been treated like uh, 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 the Jesus of the Bible, who was uh, persecuted, lied upon, beaten, in prison, and then murdered. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? If we want to see these people have justice, black woman, you're going to have to step up to the plate, and you're going to have to turn into the serious head of the Justice League. Yes, we're going to have to take on that role. Don't wait for anyone to tell you to take on that role. Tell yourself. Tell yourself, black woman, you must be the new Justice League. We live in a country now where we have a lot of immigrants, and it is up to us to set the proper example to these immigrants in here because they look at us in a very greasy and hateful and disrespectful way because we are not doing our jobs, and I would like to see that change. Um, I want to give you the definition of usurper. Because sometimes we don't know what a usurper or usurpation is. A usurper is a illegitimate or controversial claimant to power, often but not always in a monarchy. Now, the words that you need to focus on is illegitimate, illegitimate or controversial. See, we've got black people who are sitting in seats of power, but they are illegitimate. They are controversial, and they are not really there in those seats for the good of the all, okay? So they are pretending like they are there to serve us, and yet they are not doing it. And the reason why they are allowed to get away with this is because no one is advocating and holding them accountable. So this is why... um, this this persecution goes on as, as long as it does. So a usurper is an illegitimate or controversial claimant to power, often but not always in a monarchy. So all over the globe, all over the world, you have illegitimate people sitting on the thrones of the world, meaning the people who sit on the thrones of the world, they are not the rightful heirs of these thrones. Not in Europe, not in Asia, not in Africa, not in the United States, not in South America, nowhere in the world are the people sitting in these government uh, governing positions are the rightful heirs because they are not ruling righteously, they are not ruling justly. And the reason why is because Lady Justice is not holding them accountable. Now, we as black people, we are always talk, talk uh, we are always told about God. We're always told about God, but what we're not told about is that God has a wife. See? See, we're not told that God has a wife. And you know who God's wife is? Justice. So if anybody is talking to you about God, but they are not also talking to you about his mate, his wife, 
justice, then they have not given you the full, full uh, uh, complexity of who God is if they are not pairing God up with justice. They are giving you another God, a different God. But we want to deal with the God who deals with justice. But uh, uh, God, as in any type of uh, entity or deity, uh, works through what? A particular nation, a particular group, or a particular race, or a particular people. So if you want to bring this God who is married to justice to life, then there has to be a physical representation of that feminine energy of justice present on the planet in the material world in order for that marriage to 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 come into existence. You see what I'm saying? So I do believe black women we are supposed to be the embodiment of justice and I am hoping, I am praying, I am willing into existence that twenty eighteen black women will embody the wife the good bride called justice, and she will marry God and bring justice back to America. Okay? So, um, yeah, uh, Yvette Carnell, and you can probably hear in the background, she was touching on some topics of, um, you know, and I really appreciate Yvette Carnell and her um, assistant, um, I can't think of his name, um, for the Breaking Brown show, and she brings us a lot of this good economic and political uh, empowerment information. And she was touching on immigration and how uh, a lot of the immigrants come over here uh, want to pretend to get entitlements that are set aside for uh, minority African Americans, but they are quick to say, I'm not black. Um, I'm not this, I'm not that, we don't like black Americans, but when it comes to get a job, on the job application, they mark, oh, I'm African American. And that's how they get these jobs that were initially set aside for us. So you have these people playing this duality role that uh, uh, off the job, they are wherever they come from. They are either Haitian or they're either Ugandan, they're either Kenyan or Sudanese. Uh, but as soon as they get the position, they go back to being from whatever country they come from. And so black Americans, we are the only people that don't have an identity in front of Americans. But they gave us an identity, and it's a false identity because there's other people who also have that identity of African-American. Well, who has that identity of African-American? Well, the actual Africans from <laughs> born in Africa. So how can we truly be African-Americans when we do not have any connection to the continent of African? Africa. We don't speak any languages. We are not tied to the land. We are not tied to the culture. We are not tied to that continent. So it is very, very uh, damaging for us to be uh, uh, to take on that identity and get none of the benefits from it. You get no benefits from it. You see what I'm saying? Uh, you don't have dual citizenship. You can't go to Africa. Africans haven't given us any land. They haven't embraced us as, you know, the lost sisters and brothers of, uh, of Africa living in the dysphoria. No, we don't get any of that. So it is foolish for us to accept an identity or a label and you get no benefits 
from adopting that label. But if you don't know that, you just are accepting of it and you don't question it. Why? Because you are simple and you are miseducated and you don't know any better. So people like myself, Yvette Carnell, uh, Anthony Moore, um, uh, Sister Sophia uh, Nelson, and there's just so many people out there who are working to try to bring black Americans up to speed on what we need to be doing to empower ourselves and that empowerment cannot just come from a religious perspective. It must be a marriage of religion and politics. Now, all my life, I have seen black people be so religionized. We are so religionized, and I'm not saying religion is a bad thing, but when you have religion and religion alone, and then you are not giving the political education to go along with it, religion within itself is, 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 uh, is not empowering because religion is a set of codes, a moral codes that you uh, give to a people who, uh, who have also been empowered politically. Black people have not been empowered politically as a collective. You have a select, small, elite group of blacks, the ones who are called the Boule and the Greeks, the fraternities and the sororities, they have been empowered politically, but they don't sit in those seats to empower the masses, and that's the problem. Because every race of people help their poor except for the black elite of America. So I put a lot of onus and uh, blame on America black elite because they are the most selfish, they are the most disrespectful, and basically they think just like the uh, plantation master. They have gone off to colleges and universities and adopted the same mindset of the Aryan slave master, and this is why black people can never climb up. The black mayors are never in position or power to help black people because black people did not put him in power. Now, we put in the vote, but we didn't really, um, you know, make any demands and say, listen, for in exchange for our vote, this is what we want. So black people uh, in 2018, we are going to have to, first we're going to have to unify and we're going to have to sit down face-to-face in our communities and begin to have some real talks and discussions about how we can empower ourselves politically. And the first thing you must do is start by educating yourself. And so that's what Yvette Carnell and Army does. They educate us, and I'm educating myself. I actually went, and I'm going to go start going to the city council uh, uh, meetings because I want to educate myself on politics. So how am I going to do that? I have to go and be around the people already involved, not to be combative, not to be talkative, but to sit, watch, learn, and ask questions if I need to. That's where you start. And then you begin to uh, create a circle of friends who are interested in the same thing, and y'all meet up. And y'all meet up and discuss what is necessary to empower the people that look like you. When it comes, of course, I deal with the Nine Mind Sacred Sisterhood. I am greatly concerned about the condition of the black American female because the black American female in America has been the only one who has been kept perpetually enslaved. She has been kept perpetually in poverty. 
she has been perpetually poor. And somebody said, well, they've been persecuting all black people. No, you got black men who are millionaires in America. There are uh, plenty of black male millionaires, but guess what? Once they get into a certain income bracket, they normally are not with uh, uh, American-born black women. So that wealth is not going to a black woman or a black family. And we need to look at that because that's a problem. That's a problem that every woman that comes to America is allowed to be with the man who can who can who can uh, uplift her into a status of wealth and comfort and security except for the black American woman and that cannot have taken place for so long being that we're going into 2018 and we've been here since the what um, you know, the 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 1900s, and black women or the poorest, black American women or the poorest group, uh, racial group of females in America. That is not by accident. So when we have black men who feel no loyalty to us, it is time for us to start having discussions about why the black American male has no loyalty to the black American female, and should black American females continue to have loyalty to males who have no loyalty to us? We must be concerned about our children, not grown-ass men, not grown-ass women. We need to be concerned about the children coming behind us. So my plea is I would like to see, I would like to see, uh, black women who are influential, who are part of sororities, who are first ladies over church, I don't understand how you can be a black woman, woman and you not be concerned about the plight of the black female girl in America. Our girls are being killed. They're being raped. They're being trafficked. They're, having, uh, they're disappearing. And so I don't know how you have all these black churches and then every black church has a first lady and yet she does not have a number one agenda of saying, listen, my job as first lady of this church is to know about the females in this community and what their plight and what their state is. To me, you shouldn't be a first lady over a church, a black church, and your number one concern is not about the black girls in the community where that church is set up. And y'all know I have, y'all know how I feel about the black pastor. Y'all know how, don't even get me started on the black pastor. Ooh, don't get me started on him. But the first lady, she must be held accountable too because she is not doing her job. So I would like to see that cha that change, but guess what? No one it changes on their own. You have to make them change. You have to call them on the carpet, and you have to sh uh, shine that spotlight of guilt on them for not having done what they were supposed to have been doing. Okay? The same way with these sisters as part of the Divine Nine, sororities and fraternities. How you a black woman, but you care more about the the male uh, uh, members of your fraternity, but the black girls uh, coming behind you, you're not doing anything to ensure that they don't have to wind up being sex workers, being strippers, being trafficked and kidnapped. How you how you are a part of an incorporated uh, 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 fraternity or sorority, and the number one uh, uh, issue of the plight of black girls is not the first um, 
you know, uh, um, bullet point on, on y'all agenda. I don't get it. So our fraternities and sororities have been failing black people. Our black churches have been failing black people, and it is because the pastor is in it for himself, the first lady is in it for himself, and our fraternities and sororities and Masonic lodges, everybody is in it for themselves. We have never in any time had have had as many Masons and Eastern stars that we have in today's time, and yet look at the world we live in. Have all this membership and joining, has it made the world better? Ask yourself that question. We've got more Freemasons. we got more Eastern Stars. we got more Jack and Jill and members of this and members of that. Is the world better? And is the, is the world better for people who look like you? So ask yourself two questions. Is the world better, one, and is the world better for the people who look like you? And if the answer to both of those questions is no, then that means your organization is a failure. And you should have a problem of joining and belonging to an organization that is a perpetual failure, meaning you wasn't, you ain't been just failing for one or two years. You've been failing since the the uh, uh you know since the initiation of the organization. Because if your organization is not to better the people that look like you, then I don't even know why it exists. So we at the sisterhood, we need to start putting pressure on these fraternities and sororities and all these clubs and all this membership. If they are not helping the people that look like them, then we should not be giving them any support. And when we speak about them, we should not be speaking about them favorably. I'm not going to be speaking speaking favorably about no organization when I go into the community where your organization exists and I see it run down, impoverished, people on crack, people on drugs, shelters, uh, homeless everywhere, the girls are, are being trafficked, nothing but sex clubs. No, your organization is failing. That's a failed organization. Because the first thing you are supposed to do is clean up the community in which your organization exists, the same way with a church. You will know a church by where it's at and the community in which it sits. If it's in a community and you got homeless, you got hungry, you got people on drugs, you got people uh, uh, who don't have jobs, people unemployed, people don't know how to dress, people don't know how to speak, people don't know how to uh, just, you know, interact uh, uh, humanely with one another, then you being in that community is a failure. Hit, hit, Salvation Army. You supposed to be the Salvation Army. Who are you saving, Salvation Army? They set up shop in the poorest communities, and yet you see no change in the community. Failure. We have to start calling these organizations out and, and presenting to them that they are there only to exploit the people, not to help the people. Now, the, on the immigration, listen, we are not going to be able to change this immigration thing because I've already let Yvette know that a lot of these immigrants are coming over here because they have been offered the uh, coon positions that a lot of black Americans We're going into overtime. I'm going to have to wrap this up. Thank everyone for listening. Please share the podcast um, and, and, and share the shows. And thank you so much, and have a happy new year. But um, anyway, um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, um, 
Oh, oh, the immigration. Yes, a lot of the immigrants come over here. These are not the sincere uh, Africans. These are not the sincere Haitians. These are not the sincere loving. No, these are the boule of their own communities from wherever they come in. They're probably already Masons. They're already sorority, fraternity affiliated. So when they come over here, they come over here already assigned to elite coon, privileged coon positions to replace so they are not over here to help black Americans, and black Americans, especially black American women, you need to understand that. These other immigrants, whether black or brown, are, don't, are not coming over here to help us, okay? They are coming over here to do what they have watched us do the whole time. They have watched a cadre of coons, boule coons, all a part of these sororities and fraternities who get paid to not help black people. So if you have set that example and you have set that example for 50, 60, 70, 80, damn near a century, why are you going to be mad at them when they come over here and do what they have watched us do? You can't get mad at them. So what I'm imploring is that we must now set the new example for 2018. If you are part of a fraternity and a sorority, you male members of fraternities, your job is not to serve one another. You are supposed to be preparing the next generation of black boys and black males, regardless of what they look like, regardless of what kind of parentage they come from, regardless of their, their uh, parents' income or educational level. You are not to discriminate on which boy you help. You are there to be a service and to be a mentor to the least of them. Not be self-serving to your own kind. The same way with the sorority sisters. You ain't there to look out for one another. You are there to go into the, the, the most poorest of communities and reach out to these young girls and be an example and a mentor to these girls who would not otherwise have a mentor or a role model. The biggest stumbling block in my life, and I've already told you all a little bit of my history as an orphan and growing up in foster care, um, I have never had any female positive role models since I left foster care. I have not met not one black female role model that I respected, that I interacted with on a day-to-day basis. If I saw a black female I might have respected, she was on TV or on a sitcom, but she was not someone I knew and met and talked to on a regular basis. Do you know how damaging that is for a black person in America to live their whole life and not have one male role model that they can go knock on their door and sit down and talk with, not one positive female role model that they can knock on their door or see in their neighborhood that they can learn from and watch and and pick up lessons from? You wonder why so many black boys and girls are messed up. They lack role models. A role model should not be on a television set. You cannot be a role model 
from afar. You must go into the communities. You must meet people. You must sit down and break bread with them. You must ride together. You must do things together. You must interact. That's how you be a role model. You cannot be a role model sitting at the top of your pyramid looking down at somebody, and that's how most of the elite want to be role models. They want to sit at the top of the uh, pyramid and then look down and talk about, buy my book, buy my tape, buy this, buy this. And you want to talk at people, but you don't want to come in the community and, and live with them and break bread with them. It is just a crime how black children have had to exist in this country, and I blame the adults. I put all the blame on the adults. I cannot blame the children. I cannot blame the children. So I have made up my mind that I'm going to work harder to be a positive role model. Why? Because I didn't have any. As an orphan, I never met my mother. I never met my father. I never met my sisters and brothers, aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents. I ne- I didn't know any of them. I was robbed of a complete tribe. I've never had a tribe or a family. So that support system that a person should have, I've never had it. And because of it, I have been crippled from accomplishing what others who have those things were able to accomplish. Now, I'm not asking anybody to feel sorry for me, but I understand the plight of other black children who have in similar situations that they may know their mother, they may know their fathers and uncles, but if they are bad role models, then they have to look to other people to be a positive role model in order to to, to have that spark to motivate them. If their own immediate family members are not positive role models, those role models have to come from some other people, and it can't come from a movie or a television set or a rap video. That is not where children should be finding role models. So, black woman, I am putting the call out to you, sisters. I'm going to put the call out to the sisters because I know when black women step up to the plate, stuff get done. We've been waiting for black men, and we, we see that black men share no loyalty. He'll take the money and run. He'll switch races on you. He'll go to the other side and leave you in the boat with the hole in it and wave at you while your ass is sinking. So black woman, save yourself. Save your daughters. Save your children. Get your children out these prisons. Let's start uniting so that when these males come out of prisons, we've set up halfway houses and apartment complexes owned by us that they can immediately move into and be alchemated to this society slowly and without trauma so that they're not coming out damaged, PTSD, moving in with uh, uh, a desperate single women with kids, and then he babysitting and he kill her baby while she working two jobs. These males are not, uh, uh, they're like soldiers coming home from war. You can't just put a man that's been locked up for 10, 15, 20, 30 years and put him into a ready-made family and think something traumatizing and, and, and damaging may not happen. They are not prepared to be around small children. You have to ease them gently back into the family structure. They've been around savages and other men for years, and then you think you can just, well, he looked good. He's been waking, working out. So what? He's a savage. 
You can't be fooled by the outside package. He's a savage. He's been locked up with savages. No, he does not need to be put immediately in no family environment. And we know that they let our males loose, and they are forced to go back with grandmothers and mothers, and next thing you know, he done killed everybody. He done killed somebody, and he back in prison. But see, if black men made a way to have halfway houses and apartment complexes, that these are set aside for nothing but black American males who have been in prison. We should set up stuff like that the same way for these females coming out of prison. There is no way that black people, we should not set up apartment complexes or halfway houses or some type of, uh, um, you know, uh, houses for these prisoners to come out so that they can be gently taught uh, the skills that they need in order to survive and not be, you know, just, just thrown out there with no hope and prayer of how to adjust of having been away uh, out of society for so long. That's our responsibility to look out for our people. It's not white people's job. It's not Koreans. It's not Asians. It's not that's, – that's our, our job. And our black elite have not done that, even though they got money. You got athletes. You got rappers. I'm ashamed of y'all that y'all have not looked out for our boys coming out of prison. I'm ashamed of you. I'm so, so ashamed of you rappers, you entertainers, you athletes, and, uh, and, and all you black men with money. I'm ashamed that you have not looked out for our sons locked up in these American prisons. You are the reason why the black male is failing in America. Blame it on the black elite. You masons and you frat niggas. Yeah, you're niggas. That's what I think about you. You're not men. You're niggas because you don't think about nobody but yourself. So, sisters, uh, we got to get together, okay? We got to get together. You can reach out to me on Twitter. You can reach out to me on my blog talk radio show, Nine My Sacred Sisterhood. You can inbox me. Uh, I'm available to speak. I'm available. You know, I, I talk to sisters privately all the time. I do one-on-one speaking to sisters uh, with issues all the time. But we're going to have to start getting together black women, um, this classism. uh, Black Americans, we don't have the power to play the classism game. We are a small group of people. We are not Africans. We are not uh, uh, people from other races. We are our own tribe, descendants of slaves, descendants of sharecroppers. We are the only tribe, and instead of us being ashamed of who we are, we want to blend ourselves in with everyone else and say, well, you know, we're Africans or we're, we're, we're Jamaicans and we're really the majority. No, you're really the minority. No, we're nothing but African and black Americans. That's your tribe. Own it and start loving your own people. We have done great things in this country, but our accomplishments have been covered up and they have been hidden. We should have a real museum, and we have to start teaching our history to these immigrants coming over here because that's the only way they will ever respect us. Our history and what we have accomplished and done in this country, every immigrant needs to know our story. And the only people's job is to tell our story and archive it and keep it um, and, and, and preserve it. It's us. 
We can't wait for white people to do it. White people are never going to do it. They're never going to tell the truth about of, of what we did to build this country. They're never going to give us the credit. They're always going to give the credit to themselves to keep themselves looking good. So most people don't respect us because they really don't know our story. So black women, we need to start telling the story of all the accomplishments of black American heroes, sheroes, and what we did to build this country and make it great. And we need to take the credit for it. We need to hold our head up high and don't make nobody make us feel ashamed. Put the drugs down, put the liquor down, put the reality shows down. We need to link arm in arm, and we need to get on our sisterhood game. Thank you all so much. I appreciate you listening to the show. Uh, Blessed and Happy New Year. I look forward to working for you. And uh, on New Year, I will be um, listening to Sophia Nelson. I wanted to shout her out. Um, she's just always so positive. I, I wish I'd had an auntie or a sister like her in my life when I was growing up. I listened to her Periscope videos, and she is so positive. She just, you know, she just inspires me. So, um, you know, jump on Periscope, listen to her videos. Um, you will be, uh, you will be blessed. You will be blessed about how she's just, you know, just encouraging us, and that's what we need. You know, we don't need none of this. Uh, Soror elitism that has been plaguing America. We need those sisters who are educated, who are learned, who are accomplished to um, start, you know, putting out positive messages for those of us who haven't gone to college, you know, who don't have degrees, you know, who haven't written books, who ain't been on television. You know, like I said, we don't have time for classism, people. Classism has ruined black Americans a.k.a. African-Americans, classism has destroyed us. So we must throw it away if we are to survive. Throw the classism away, African-Americans, black Americans, throw it away. If these other groups want to play the classism game and destroy their their nations and their people, hey, what happened to us will happen to them. But we need to start setting a better example. We've done great things in the past, and we can do great things in the present, and we can do great things in the future. We just need to uh, get on the same page about what our agendas and missions should be. Thank you so much. I love you. And, um, hey, we'll try to, you know, drop in tomorrow and say something um, uplifting to us. Thank you, Nine Mind Sacred Sisters. I love you. Peace.
flag didn't tell me that my people don't